and welcome to episode 821 of Sleeper in the Bus. It is Thursday, June 25th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Justin Mason. Good morning, Justin. You said January, right? Because I was I was saying it. it it's preseason mode, then, so it feels like January. Yes, and I just punched the mic, so have fun with that, headphone listeners. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. I, for some reason, I was going January. It is preseason mode, though, and it is, it is feeling weird kind of getting back into it. Uh, we've been working on our pitching ranks. We should both have them out. By Friday, the 26th, and then Tuesday, we'll do a bigger episode comparing our big differences and everything. We talked about some of your changes in the upper part, the top 35 last week, or excuse me, on Tuesday. So go ahead and take a look at that if you missed it. And then on Tuesday, we'll have a bigger uh, bigger discussion between both of our ranks. But today, we're going to talk news and notes. It's been a long time since we had like a proper news and notes episode. And then we'll get into some general strategy stuff about the 60-game season and kind of see where that takes us. Um, So how's that sound to you? Hey, it sounds pretty good. I'm just glad baseball is coming back. I know you and I were very, very skeptical that uh, it would not, and uh, we're glad to be wrong. Uh, Hopefully we can get through a whole season because we uh, are having some players getting sick. That's the next step because... I'm happy, and like like you said, we were we were wrong. We couldn't wait to be wrong. We were desperate to be wrong on this one. We didn't want there to be no baseball. We just weren't seeing how it's getting done. Part of that though is getting on the field still. So we're gonna see we're gonna see how that happens. I, I wanted to to uh, I want us to get there, but Charlie Blackman has it along with Phil Deal and Ryan Castellini, two Rockies prospects as do several Blue Jays, but no names yet. So we're now at a point where, okay, that's that's a bona fide fantasy star who has it. Are you more inclined to take him under the idea that he's going to you know, be quarantined maybe for a couple weeks? One of the weeks will be now before we even start anything, and then hopefully he's back and ready to go by the time everything really ramps up. Or are you avoiding those players? How, how are you treating the, the folks that we're going to know get covid during the spring and everything in the lead up to the season. Yeah, I think I'm going to be more likely to draft him, I guess, because I think his ADP will drop. I mean, it was going around like pick 45. uh, And now we're looking at a, uh, you know, if he drops like outside the top 60, he's already gotten COVID. I mean, I would assume he's less likely to get it again than maybe someone who hasn't gotten it. Uh, Yeah, I don't think you're immune, but I I think you are less likely. Yeah, because you build up antibodies. So, uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, and I don't, scientists don't know exactly how it works. So how the hell am I supposed to? But my my feeling is, Mm -hmm. like, let's say he drops outside of the top, you know, 60 because of this, uh, would you rather have him or Paul Goldschmidt? I think Goldie. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Goldie. I think I'd because rather, I'd rather have Blackman. I mean, not trash. Not trash. Not trash. Not trash. Because, um, there's, there's still good teams there, but I do think that it, it's uh, it's not as scary of a division as the Mega West. Mm-hmm, okay. Um, what about Machado in the West going at pick 60? Nah. Rather have Machado or Blackman? 
Blackman. Okay. Uh, how about how about Bo Bichette, who is Bo is I like everybody's Bichette. favorite target right now. Like he's, unless he's one of them with COVID. Well, maybe not, because then he and Blackman would have the same issue. We don't know if it's him. Like Bo Bichette's the that dude like that's going to be going in the second round in the main event yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because people are just overhyped on him. Properly hyped? No, I'm just kidding. That it, it's 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 intense. The, the interest in Bobachet is absolutely intense, that's for sure. Uh, by the way, breaking news that, that you're going to love, Miguel Sano has been cleared of the uh, accusations filed against him or levied against him in the Dominican Republic regarding like a kidnapping. So there is that. Yeah, that's good. I mean, like I said in the previous episode, like, you know, we'd let the legal stuff play about. At the same time, I'm a bit worried just about like the the continued pattern of of being involved in some of these things always seemingly in the mix of some bad stuff yeah that being said um you know i'm still interested in drafting him this is a season where i'm gonna be very careful with snow because of what we talked about in terms of variance like yeah he could lead the majors in home runs he could also you know hit below the mendoza line and never get going uh so snow's mm-hmm. a guy that eh, I'm, you know, if I take Sano, I can't take a Gallo. I can't take a Malik Smith. I can't, you know, I'm not going to feel super comfortable if I already have Mondesi and then I grab Sano. Like, uh, just uh, probably not going to end up on any more of my teams. I thought you were just describing your full team there. (laughs) I could. Not in the main event. I can't put batting average there. But if I have another draft, maybe. More breaking news. Twins related. Bunch of their players have COVID, too. Hey, at least they're getting it out, uh, er, you know, out of the way early. Like, build some herd immunity. This is such a shit show, dude. This is gonna be <laughs> so bad. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I hope we I'm get baseball. I'm not taking the L on not having a season yet. <laughs> I'm not taking the L yet. I, pe- I peel back my my uh, my apology, so to speak. <laughs> Still not having one. Oh God! God, this would be the worst. Like this is this. I mean, if the season were to get canceled before the end of July, when the season's supposed to start, like, 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 ah, uh, there's a term for it that I'm just not going to say on air because it's probably not appropriate. But I think everybody knows what I'm thinking. It would be be bad. Yeah, it would not be good. A cluster F. All right. Well. Those are the COVID updates. Blackman, some Blue Jays, some Twins. I don't know if it just being listed as, you know, guys from those teams means it's not star talent players or means that they don't know exactly who it is. I don't know. Stay tuned. Figure that out. Let's talk some more concrete stuff and positive. Okay, let's shift it over to the positive. Alex Verdugo is going to be all systems go with regards to his back. Remember, you know, it's looking like he was going to miss some time. After coming Mookie Betts deal, there, there was a lot of excitement on on him regarded um, drummed up by the Rasball projections. I believe they were looking really favorable on what Verdugo could do, particularly with his batting average uh, over a full season. And now he has an opportunity to do that, not for a full season, but it looks like the stress b- fracture in his back should be good to go. He's had all this time to recover. How do you feel about Verdugo? Uh, kind of math for me. Like I know there's a lot of people who are who are hyping him up and um and really uh, interested in getting him, and the price really started to raise. 
Uh, I mean, the price was hasn't been bad since April first uh, on NFBC, uh, two twenty nine or almost two thirty uh, in terms of ADP. So like, I I don't have a problem with that. That's not a bad ADP at all. Uh, some interesting guys going in his area, uh, going about ten picks before him, uh, are. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon, Nick Senzel, Yasel Puig. Puig, obviously, once he does sign, I'm assuming with my Giants, uh, he'll go up quite a bit. Uh, Shinsu Chu going right in the same neighborhood as him, as, as well as Mark Canha. Uh, and then going a little bit uh, after him, we've got guys like uh, David Peralta uh, and Nomar Mazzara. <clears throat> like, I don't feel like that's a bad area, and there's obviously some upside uh, with Verdugo, but also with a lot of those guys. And so... I don't know. I mean, like, I don't see him hitting in in a sixty game, you know, stretch. Like, is he really going to hit eight or nine home runs? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I don't think so. Is he going to steal eight or nine bases? I I, I don't mm-hmm. think so. So it's really a batting average and run scored played. If you believe that he's going to hit the top of the lineup, uh, I don't know that he is. And so batting. I mean, how much different is he than uh, Brian Reynolds? Mm, yeah. Who's done it? Yeah, that's a, that's a good call. Um, that's actually a really good comp, I think. So I think uh, we should definitely we should definitely consider that. And if if Reynolds is cheaper, then I'm definitely going to go for him um, because yeah, I think that I think they're a perfect comparison, Alex Verdugo and Brian Reynolds. Reynolds is and, is going mu- is much more expensive. Oh, much more expensive. Excuse me. Yeah. Then I'll take. Yeah. I'll take Verdugo. Ren- Reynolds is going about 178. Now, Where did you say Verdugo was going? This is without the news. 230. So, like 230. Is he going to zip up? Because yes. again, trusted people. Razzball. Vlad. They they're doing. Vlad. Mm-hmm. Too big. They, they're, they, move, they move players. They move players when they hype them. So if they come back and take this news and say, hey, remember our guy Verdugo we told you about? Here we go. They're going to move, and I respect both those, uh, both the outlet of Rasball and the person Vlad. So, all of a sudden, they're close in price. You go with then. What, what if? What if they're kind of dead? Even do you just go with Verdugo because he's on a better team, or do you go with Reynolds because he's done it before? Because you mentioned that he's he's actually put the numbers on the paper. I think I go with Reynolds because he's done it before, and we know he's going to hit at the top of that lineup in Pittsburgh. True. Uh, like it just that is a foregone conclusion. Um, we should, we, I can't imagine that for Dugo, wouldn't it though, right? I mean, I believe our roster resource page, I'll, I'll double check, had uh Ben and Tendy hitting at the oh, top. Oh, yeah, Benny, Benny, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I would assume that he would get first go at it considering he's the veteran, he's the dude that you know they you know is getting actually paid money right now our roster and, resource has him batting set batting uh verdugo batting seventh seventh yeah you and know he, he... and that back half maybe... of that lineup is not as good as it once was i mean we're talking no, about no, hitting no. in front of christian vasquez and jackie bradley jr yeah and like you know you got devers bogart's martinez i think two three four is the lowest they can be so you couldn't even squeeze verdugo in at the two spot with Benintendi at the top, because you're not putting Martinez fifth. That's a waste. You're not putting Bogarts or Devers there either. So it really is a battle for that number one between Benintendi and Verdugo, and I think the uh, the incumbent has it. Uh, the incumbent Red Sox, I should say, not so much the incumbent leadoff hitter, because he was not uh, the leadoff hitter last year. That would have been Mookie Betts. I mean, theoretically, so, they could do something like put 
Verdugo first and put Benatendi fifth? Like, does Mitch Moreland could... need to be hitting fifth in that lineup? No. No, he does not. That's a, that's a, that's a good call. So we'll see. But I agree with you that it's a better um, – everything sets up much better for Brian Reynolds right now. Even on a lesser overall team, it's a better setup. Yeah. So – uh, okay, well then that's that's the uh, Alex Verdugo news right now, but it's good that he's going to be back. So if you did like him, go ahead and jump back in, especially if you're doing drafts. You know, some folks kind of getting their drafts set up to uh, either run for the first time or rerun, depending on how they're doing it. And if they're going for it right away, get in before the Verdugo train moves back up because it will. It'll mm-hmm. move up some from where it is currently, if not a whole lot. I, w- I want to of- say, didn't Rasbol and I think Todd Zola have him as like a top 80 player? This, this is what I'm saying. Yeah, I yeah. mean, so and, like, and they can move. The discount is obscene, if you believe. Yes, yes, because of that health uh, or lack thereof coming in, it's absolutely obscene. So um, make your moves there with Verdugo as early as you can, or else you're gonna be back to paying that price. And you might still like him there. That's okay too. If you believe in a guy, you know, you have a lot of wiggle room in what you would pay. But if you love Verdugo, nudge your league to draft now and really get him on the cheap. Uh, Cole Hamels will also be back. Don't forget the uh, the veteran lefty now with Atlanta. That's one thing that I think um, a lot of people are going to have to get used to, reassigning or, or uh, kind of relearning where, where the new players are. Obviously, you know, bets in, uh, in L.A., premium players like that. But there's going to be a lot of the, um, you know, kind of mid-tier guys that everyone's going to have to re relearn. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, they went there. I forgot that. Oh, yeah, they're, they're here. So that's going to be... Um, a fun process to do that. You might have forgotten that Cole Hamels went to Atlanta. Surgery? Uh, did he have surgery? No, no, no. Irritation on his shoulder. So he was kind of sitting out. He was going to miss some time at the outset. He's had time to sit. He's good to go. What do you think of Cole Hamels now? Where, where did he? Where is he showing up in your rankings? By the way, your rankings are not final. So if you say a number here and he's six, seven spots different on either today or tomorrow when you release them. I don't want anybody to hold that against you, but where do you currently have Hamels? I have him at 113. What? <laughs> I We just don't know. Like, we don't know. We don't know about anything. So put the good guy who's been good. I guess he struggled a bit last year, right? Didn't he struggle? In his, yeah, um, and he got simple. hurt, and we don't know how healthy he is. So. No, no, no. He was with the Cubs all, all last year. It was Texas in 18. He was fine last year. Actually, he was great and then got hurt. That's right. So he had a weird season where he was awesome, but then got hurt, came back, and that really put a damper on on the final part of his season. He had 298 going into his injury and basically raised it by a run in his final 10 starts, going from 298 to 381 because he had a 579 in his final 10 starts for Cole Hamels there. Um, two, Two mega duds and another crummy one really did a lot of work there. But when that's 30% of your starts, it can play that big of a role. Because the, the earned runs were 0, 4, 8, 3, 2, 2, 5, 1, 2, 0. And then you had the fact in September that he didn't go more than four and a third. So even though it was 1, 2, 0 in those final three starts for Hamels, four and a third, three and a third, four. So they couldn't really outweigh the the five and eight out uh, earned runs uh, outings, I should say. So... I, I, okay, I get a little bit of trepidation with Cole Hamels. I think he's a top 100 pitcher, though. I mean, the difference between one third, the difference between you know, guy like Hamels who has at one thirteen. I'm saying, dude, I have him at freaking sixty. Wow. 
that that's uh that's aggressive is it it is i guess i didn't feel like it was that aggressive that feels aggressive to me i mean we're talking about a guy who's 36 years old coming off shoulder issues that are recent uh pitching in a a new park that isn't pitcher friendly pitching in the uh beast east better than um wrigley i think i think Atlanta's better than Wrigley. The Beast East, some trouble there. But, I don't know, he's a really good pitcher. I guess I just love Hamels. Yeah, I I mean, it just... I mean, maybe this oh, is one of those ranks... Oh, here? Kyle's here. Hey, don't you need to report? God, dude. <laughs> he said he's leaving later. Mm. That's why he had to get it done now. Oh, they've got a few days, right? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, hey, it's good to know he doesn't have COVID because he'd be quarantined. True. He doesn't right now. Yeah. At least. My boy. My boy. Shut your mouth. Don't 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 encourage him. <laughs> Would you rather have uh Cole Hamels or Kyle Gibson? Hamels or Kyle Gibson. I think I'd rather have Kyle Gibson and he's ranked lower, so I, I do need to bring Hamels down. I will do that. Okay, but even if I bring him down to the seventies where Gibson is, that's still a good bit. Of, I still think you're too low. How about that? I'll say I'm too high, but you're too low. We should be more in the night in the um, seventy to eighty-five range. I think. But yeah, I disagree. But that's range. okay. Do with them what you want. I will. Healthy Cole Hamels is very good. A healthy Cole yeah. Hamels is very good, but you could also get absolutely nothing from him. And I'm putting. You could say that about everybody, though. He's much more likely for him to, for us to get absolutely nothing from him than Kyle Gibson, you know, or what? F- much more likely to get nothing from from uh, Cole Hamels than Kyle Gibson, even like Homer Bailey. Like I, I feel much more confident I'm going to get some innings from Homer Bailey than I'm going to get from Cole Hamels. Not, not even joking. Isn't is is uh, is Gibson immunocompromised from the? I don't believe diverticulitis, so. colitis, diarrhea, I, lactose intolerance that he I, had. Whatever. I, I, I don't believe so. I don't believe okay. that makes him high risk. I think I had the first. The first one was the right. No, no, no. It wasn't. It was it ulcerative, ulcerative colitis? colitis. I, I, and I always say diverticulitis, and that's the wrong one. Mm-hmm. Something like and that. And we triggered that person. Yeah. Who, I always trigger. <laughs> Because I'm so stupid, but hey, they listen on purpose. They know how dumb I am. Um, okay, well that's that's good. Because I, I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want yeah, ulcerative colitis. I got it. Okay, that is the right one. Stop saying diverticulitis, you idiot. I've never said diverticulitis in my life until I started talking about Kyle Gibson. Why does he ruin everything? <laughs> he's my boy. Took Charlotte out this morning. Grass looked like shit, so he's not even doing a good job. <laughs> All right, that's Cole Hamels. Let's move over to the Angels because now it's not as – I kind of rank these in order of uh, strength of confidence projected by the the teams here. Verdugo and Hamels, they're locked as far as Mm -hmm. right right this moment they're set to go. Their teams feel very confident. The Angels are hoping, are feeling better about these three, but they don't know. Shohei Otani as far as pitching, Griffin Canning and Felix Pena. So they had lost three key parts there because uh, Canning was battling an elbow in spring. Pena needed surgery late last August for torn ACL. And then, of course, Otani still working back from TJ. 
So obviously they're in an order there on purpose. Otani, drop down, Canning, drop down again, Pena, as far as I, I kind of see them. Let's start with Otani. Uh, they're hopeful that he can pitch. How do you feel about Otani? And, and are you drafting him in this? Does your opinion of him change at all in the 60-game season as far as trying to utilize him? Let's assume that your site would allow you to get him as the pitcher uh, as, as a single entity and you can move him between the two uh, pitching and hitting. Uh, I mean, I still like uh, Otani quite a bit. Uh, I mean, part of me wishes that they would just say, hey, you know what? Short sprint, we're gonna we're gonna just let you hit. But they've got their eyes set on, I think, competing this year. And in a mm-hmm. short sample, they have a chance to, I think. Yeah. Uh, and so they're they're gonna roll with it, and I'm gonna roll with them. Uh, I already have him on a number of teams. I'm going to uh, uh, definitely target him uh, in the main event if if I can. Uh, you know, it largely depends on kind of roster construction, uh, in price in price. So, uh, you know, let's see where he was going pre, uh, startup at 118. Whew. That, um, I'm paying, it. I'm paying that. Yeah, I am paying anything that's triple digits for sure. And I'm yeah. not even fully against some double digit. Well, prices, let's do some would you rathers with him real yes, quick. Let's. Uh, Frankie Montas is going at pick 100. That's not fair to do that to me. Make me pick between my two babies. Mm-hmm. He's my <sighs> my baby, too. I'm going to go Otani just because it has a security blanket of just putting him as a hitter. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's do uh, a hitter, then. Let's go Josh Bell at pick 90. Ooh, that's really interesting. And I think Bell's being a little bit slept on. Because of his, uh, you know, he didn't finish as strong as he started. Mm-hmm. And now he gets to go against those some of those pitchers in the AL Central. And so I think there's a little bit of, unfortunately, doesn't get his own team. But yeah, gets gets Tigers and uh, Royals and even second half of the White Sox rotation. You know, I, 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 I'm repping some of these guys, but we don't know that Reynaldo Lopez and Dylan Cease are going to do well. Mm-hmm. Heck, we don't even know that Keuchel is going to do well. So it could just be Giolito and a merry band of idiots. So there could be three teams to pick on there uh, for the other central teams. Hmm. Still going to go Tani. That is razor close to it. As, as we've had the quarantine time, I've kind of given more thought and consideration to Bell. And I've he's going to move up my first base rankings when I rerun those. But I'm still going to go Tani here. Probably a little bit of favoritism. I don't know if I can give you a perfect case as to why. I'll just admit that I think it's a little bit of favoritism toward Otani. How about uh, pitcher Sonny Gray? I have Gray ranked higher. I do too. And my rankings, I, I, you know, I try to assume that you're going to be able to utilize the hitting piece too. So to that end, I'd have to say Gray. Yeah, I do too. But now that I'm thinking about this, I've got to move Otani up my ranks um, uh, in terms of I'm pitcher. moving him up too. You'll still be below Gray, though. I really buy into what yeah. Gray did last year. I'm not a big awesome. Gray guy, but the more and more I looked at him uh, kind of during this uh, quarantine time, the more and more I was like, I, I can't have him outside of my top 30 pitchers. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's a justifiable stance, so I agree with your movement. So, But that being said, I, I ranked 
Otani at 45, uh, and I think he's got to go way up. And so I'm going to push him up past Mike Miner, past... Ooh, here's a good one. Matthew Boyd or Otani? Ooh, I'm going to go Otani, but Boyd... Boyd boy is... Uh, I am a Boyd boy. Make uh, no mistake about it. But I'm going Shout out to our boy Alex Fast. Um, right. David Price or Otani? I've got Otani above above those guys. I've got him in right at 30 right now. Okay. I'm going to move him up to 32 right behind Kenta Maeda. Oh, I love to. That's a good group there. That mm-hmm. area... I can be shopping in that spot mm-hmm. a good bit because I, I like a lot of those guys that you named um, for sure. And I think that's kind of a like Luke Weaver, Joe Musgrove area as well. Julio Urias, lots of lots of guys I like. So yeah, I'll be uh, around. I'll be around that area. Right, sure. right. My my thirty through uh, let's see, thirty through thirty seven are uh, Gallon, Kenta Maeda, Otani, David Price. Julio Urias, uh, Matthew Boyd, Mike Miner, and then Trevor Bauer. Dang. It's a good group. It's a good group. All right. Well, that's Otani. So Canning was getting some buzz, but then um, the elbow issue really kind of put everyone behind, you know, put everyone off of Canning saying, I can't really take him right now. I know. I, I know before that, like February drafts, he was definitely a chic pick. Then it kind of went completely the other way. I, I think it'll give us an ADP update of where he was going. But what do you think about Griffin Canning now that uh, they've got some hope for him to be ready to go too? Oh, this one really pulls at me because from a straight skills perspective, I love Griffin Canning. And I was going to be really hyped on him coming into the year. Uh, and the elbow issues have really dropped me completely off. Uh, I am probably staying away. He's, I mean, he was going at pick 429, but I think that is going to change dramatically now that this news has come out. Uh, I just can't imagine he's going to end up on any of my teams. I currently have him at, uh, my 87th ranked starting pitcher in, in a trio actually of, uh, uh, Los Angeles angels. Uh, of Dylan Bundy, uh, Sandoval, and uh, Griffin Canning, so mm-hmm. uh, I I'm probably going to move him down <laughs> from there too. Uh, I just I can't rationalize taking him with you know in the same way that I'm you know scared about Cole Hamels. I have to be scared the same way about Griffin Canning that there is a reasonable chance that I could get five innings and that's it. It's true. That's true. I understand that. Uh... I understand that trepidation there with him, so you have to be careful. Um, and then Felix Pena, deeply consideration. Is he somebody that you've uh, that you've had any fondness for in those deeper leagues? Not really. Okay, then we don't need to really get too detailed into him. Um, does he rank in your top 175 though? Uh, my top 150 is not. Or 150. Okay. Okay. That's rude. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> to see, I'm just kidding. <laughs> to see in your top uh, anything. Uh, hang on. Let me see if I talked out of school here, made fun of you, and I don't even have him. Uh, no, he's not. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I went 173 deep in the offseason. Yeah, so there you go. 
I'm moving him up to 20, just despite <laughs> you. Good. I hope we're in the same main event. Well, you're going to draft injured guys, so I'm surprised you don't like him. I guess he's too healthy for you. Yeah, no. Not... Who knew? Mm-hmm. Who knew? All right. Moving on. It is strategy time. Just going to talk some general bits about strategy here because, you know, there's still a lot to learn and there's still 80 billion more COVID cases to happen. And I'm not saying that to be negative or flip. It's true. There's going to be more. But let's talk some general strategies right now about what you're thinking. Let's start with prospects. Now, I'm talking about prospects who have not appeared in the majors yet. So, um, and not, uh, I will exclude Luis Robert from this because he has a deal. So there's no service time issues to be concerned with for him. I'm talking like Nate Pearson, Casey Mize, Joe Adele, players of that. My boy, Mackenzie Gore. Mackenzie Gore. So what is your general strategy with those guys? Uh, my general strategy is the guys who are on uh, bad teams that are likely not going to even try to compete uh, are pretty much coming off my board. So guys like Matt Manning and Casey Mize, uh, who were originally ranked in my top you know, 126, I think I did, uh, was my last rankings. Um, they're completely off my ranks because I don't see any reason why the Tigers would even consider having them on their roster at any point. Like, do not let them accrue any service time whatsoever. Uh, this is not going to be a year for the Tigers. Uh, they're eyeing, you know, 2022 more than likely, so they get brought up next year. Uh, so I, I'm staying away from all of those kind of guys uh, for the most part. Now, the guys that I think were going to be early call-ups or had a shot at making the opening day rotation or, or starting lineup, those guys become very, very interesting. Uh, I can't remember who tweeted it out, uh, you know, and so I, uh, I'm sorry I can't give credit, uh, but there was a beat writer that said that uh, the Blue Jays can keep Nate Pearson down uh, on the, on the uh, taxi squad for seven days and get an extra year of service time. There it is. That's the uh, that's the Chris Bryant cutoff is seven. Days. Is, yeah, it's going to be seven days, uh, which means every team that's got a prospect like Nate Pearson, uh, but wants him on that major league squad this year, will do that. Now you know that is one tenth of the season if we're playing a ten week season. Yes. That being said, it's only a week, and you can put someone on your reserve list for a week and be totally fine. Uh, and so I, uh, I'm definitely going to be, uh, I actually should probably look where I put Pearson, um, because I should probably move him up no matter where I put him. Uh, and Mackenzie Gore is in that same boat. Uh, Spencer Howard is likely going to be in that same boat. I put Pearson at 85, but he's going to be shooting up a little bit for me. Um, uh, probably up to, uh, where I have Mackenzie Gore, which is around pick 53. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Now you I like like we've said with a lot of these uh, volatile guys you don't want to load your team up with them obviously yeah. but yeah. uh yeah I, I definitely want to get uh these guys on a team or two uh in, in my upcoming drafts. Okay. I think that's uh I think that's all right. I, again, as long as you're not going overboard um I think it's totally fine to get one 
maybe two, depending on on your league setup and all that. Um, and I, I I think I'm with you where I would try to make them whether on the on the ball clubs that have a, a real chance because I, I I don't really know that the Tigers are going to do that either. I mean, they were talking about this year that they could make it in the um, that that they could make it up in the summer. Like maybe sometime around, well, maybe not now. I think I, I was thinking more July personally, but now does it really make any sense in this weird season? At the same time, a whole season of not pitching mm-hmm. that seems bad. Well, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if these guys uh, they're, they're talking about a you know extended and a, a larger Arizona Fall League. Yeah. So they'll get shots there, and I mean they'll be doing work. They'll just be at the facility somewhere. You know, and uh, and not on on the taxi squad necessarily. Uh, so I would not be. You know, we'll, it'll be nice to know who's on these taxi squads, and we should know that probably about the beginning of next week, or at least who is going to be on kind of the, uh, the the larger ones before they cut them down. Um, mm-hmm. And that that give us some idea if a guy like Mize or Manning uh, or, or Tarek Skubal uh, or are on these uh, on Detroit's uh, taxi squad. But I just I can't imagine. They really want to give these guys any sort of service time in a pro on a prorated basis. It's just it doesn't make any sense uh, from them from a from a business standpoint. I'm interested to see where Pearson goes in drafts uh, because yeah, me too. Um, let's see. Uh, he he was going around pick two eighty six. That is going to shoot up. Like that yeah, is going to go through the go roof. And if it does, and we start talking about him going, uh, like if if he starts going inside the top two hundred, that's that becomes very difficult for me. Because then we're talking about him going around the same area as Luke Weaver and Andrew Heaney, and ahead of guys that I really like, like Mitch Keller. Um, and I I can't do that. Yeah. That, that's too much because that week matters. We're, we're going to phrase it as like just a week. But like you said, it's it's still a big portion of the season. And let's be honest, we don't know exactly what we're going to get from him. Like, yep. you know, no idea. And going to be in that beast east. Uh, and we have no idea where where Toronto's playing. Like there's a lot of question marks, but he he should. Pearson uh, is a beast. He should shoot up. And I mean, deservedly so. But like... Would you rather have Pearson or your uh, your boy Dylan Bundy going to pick two fourteen? I'm taking Bundy. Would you rather have uh, uh, Pearson or Joe Musgrove going at pick two seventeen? Musgrove. Love would, Musgrove. Would you rather have Pearson or Josh Ga- uh, Josh James going at two twenty four? James. Would you rather have Pearson or Mitch Keller going at two thirty one or two thirty two? Keller. Hauser going also at two thirty two. Yeah, same. Hauser. I looks like I'm not getting. Yeah, K- Caleb Smith at two thirty five. I think that Smith. Uh, you know how much I hate Smith, so I'll take Pearson yeah. there. Um, just, yeah, it, it's just so hard to know what well, it's, it's just such a massive unknown and missing time i don't know i don't know i don't know torn uh john gray 244 which i don't mess i don't 
Yeah, of course. I think I'm. Yeah, that that really begs the question on on some of these cores pitchers too. Like in a shortened season, if you're trying to avoid blowups, like I think you've got to. I'm I'm really jumping out on the cores pitchers. Uh, in spite of the fact that Darius Austin uh, from uh, Friends of Fantasy Benefits and uh, uh, and BP uh, made the point that I think Marquez had the most second half innings last year, which is an interesting uh, that he 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 uh, wow he racked up uh, the most second half innings in the majors last year. Wow. Okay. I don't know if you want all those innings, but sure, 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 sure. No, I don't want the ones in Colorado. That's for dang sure. Yeah. That's her dang. Here, sure. last All one. Right. Would you rather have Nate Pearson or your boy Aaron Savali? Savali. Okay. I love Savali. So that's definitely where I'm at there. All right. So that's prospects. Let's kind of go the other way. Well, not the other way. Let's 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 move from the prospects. Talk age about players that are in the league. Are you going to have a particular lean of like I'm taking guys? I put 26 and under in the uh, thing, maybe 25 and under or 26 on, on like the veterans who are in their, in their peak. Are, are you going to have a lean one way or another when it comes to that aspect of drafting um, that, that you think could, could have an advantage at all? Uh, not the, not any different than I've treated it normally. Okay. I don't, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's, I, this is such a unique situation. Trying to find that kind of advantage there, I think, is just uh, a fool's errand. And I think some people will, you know, say, well, you know, s- veterans have, you know, they've done, you know, kind of the, uh, or they have the uh, training under the belt to do this kind of start-stop-start start thing. And, and some people are like, well, the younger players will, you know, their bodies are going to be in better shape. I, I don't know. And so I'm just going to treat it uh, the way I would normally treat things, which is, uh, you know, guys who I think uh, look like they're in position to break out like Eloy on one of my teams, guys that I don't think are in position to break out, then I don't want on my teams. Yeah, I, I don't think I would have any sort of um, age age setup for the rest of my squad. We're, just, we're, we're, we're taking talent, you know. We're taking talent, and we're not necessarily thinking that uh, that one one age group or another is going to be a better bet inherently. So, uh, not so much there. Let's go to then hitting versus pitching. Do you, you going to have a particular lean there? Do you think one? You know, do you think um, there's going to be so much volatility with so much of the starting pitching that you're going to say, "Give me aces," and you're going to have three aces in your first six picks? Or, or, or where where do you think you might lean? If again, if you will, you might not have a, a heavy lean. You might just say, "I'm going to take best talent. I'm going to have the same strategies I would have had in March." But I'm curious if if the 60 game season changes anything to that aspect for you. I don't think it necessarily changes like whether or not I'm going to lean on pitching more uh, heavily early or not. Uh, I do think it it changes the way maybe I look at certain players in terms of what teams uh, guys are on and, and trying to kind of guess, okay, I feel like this team, a team like Tampa Bay, a team like Milwaukee, are going to be much more likely to rely on their bullpens and using the depth from that taxi squad in those bullpens uh, as opposed to leaning hard on starters, whereas 
you know, a team like the Astros, Dusty Baker, we know he's going to lean on those starters. Um, mm-hmm. And so if I want those innings, uh, I want to attack those Astros starters. I want to, uh, and I'm probably going to avoid some of the, you know, secondary pieces in Milwaukee, secondary pieces in Tampa Bay. So uh, a guy like Josh Lindblom, you know, you know, while he went up in my ranks, that's just because I had him much lower than I probably should have in my last ranking. Uh, but he's probably still not going to end up on any of my teams. You know, a guy like Brendan McKay of Tampa Bay is a guy that I was already avoiding. Now I'm definitely avoiding because I just don't, know what Tampa Bay is going to do with him uh, yeah. and how much he might get jerked back and forth between the, the active squad and uh, uh, and uh, the taxi squad. So uh, I didn't know what they were going to do with him for a full season. Yeah. So. And so, I mean, I'm just, you know, Charlie Morton is a guy that I'm not worried about. I think they're just going to let him go. Uh, Tyler Glass now, I know a lot of people are really, really interested in him. But, I mean, he had injury issues at the end of last year. He's got a history of injuries. Uh, I, you know, Tampa Bay likes to do weird things with their pitching staff and, and their bullpen that other teams won't because they're innovative and, and kind of ahead of the curve. Like, I I didn't bust Tyler Glass up my ranks uh, in the same way that a lot of other people did. Um, and, uh, you know, which likely means I'm not going to have many shares of Tyler Glass now. Uh, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. You should be, because he's not good. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> nah, just kidding, just kidding. I'm not doing that again. He's good. Just still want to see. Just still just still not diving in at, like, 15, where some folks have Glass now. I love the talent, though. Um, okay, so, yeah, those are, the, those are the kind of main strategy questions that I've been looking at right now, just kind of some, you know, 30,000 feet ones, some general ones. Um, anything that you're looking at specifically with regards to strategies right now as we kind of start to prep for the uh, for spring two and potential drafts that are going to take off? Yeah, I'm, I'm really going to spend some time here just kind of digging into what the schedule is going to be looking like. I mean, I, 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 I'm pretty sure I saw uh yesterday that it's going to be 40 games in division in your normal division mm-hmm. and then 20, 20 against your AL counterpart division exactly and so uh i mean that really changes things for you know certain uh, certain teams certain players in divisions you know i was talking about how uh the uh the amount of games that teams will you know play in rocky field in the west uh, mm-hmm. Is definitely going Coors to affect. Uh, sorry, yeah, Coors Field in the, in the West. Uh, you know how, how many games are going to get played in Yankee Stadium by a team like the Braves. Uh, mm-hmm. So I definitely am going to start really kind of digging into that because I think schedule is going to really matter in a way that maybe season long players ha- aren't kind of accustomed to. Yeah, I mean because. It's just going to be such a confined deal, 60 games in 66 days. And, you know, I think I think one of the biggest advantages that you could have at this point is knowing the player pool as deeply as time will allow you. Because with these COVID cases that aren't going to stop, y'all, I mean, they're not, they're not going anywhere. There's going to be more before there's any fewer. That's for darn sure. You're going to want to know these these 
taxi squad guys and who has the chance to come up and get some real playing time, uh, you know, the, the old next man up type of thing. We could have a scenario where, I don't know, freaking Cabrian Hayes is playing for three weeks or something. And people know him, but um, you got to find out all these players on, on the teams. Maybe not him because he's a prospect. Maybe not Hayes because he's a prospect. But like, And playing in Pittsburgh where they're not going to win and compete. <laughs> true, so, true. so everybody who's uh, excited about like Jared Oliva... Like likely, I mean, he's one maybe an exception actually because he's he's an older prospect and so they could True. put him on that taxi squad. Uh, but he's also a guy where they could go. Why why are we starting the clock on him at all? But your boy Bradley Zimmer could finally come back. Maybe you know something happens. Um, I mean, first off, he could just take the Greg Allen job and it could be Santana Zimmer Mercado in the outfield. Um, but something could come come up. All of a sudden, he's thrust back into like an important role, and you want to be aware uh, of of knowing about Bradley Zimmer. So, once we get everything situated and teams kind of announce where they're at, I recommend getting on those roster resource pages and really starting to look deep. Even if you are in a shallow league, this is what I'm saying. It's not just us 15 team and ALNL only leaguers. I think this is important for 10 and 12 teamers because of the COVID uh, lingering overhead that can cut out to take out anybody at any moment. So that that's kind of where I'm at with everything uh in regards to dealing with COVID. So it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. It really is. And I'm probably gonna say that 50 billion more times before this season gets started because I, I think it's already been crazy. We're already getting guys have getting COVID and we haven't even really announced the rosters yet. So I, I am getting some excitement. Have you have you uh scheduled any leagues yet? Uh, I'm literally going to schedule, uh, one main event as soon as we're done, uh, with, uh, this, uh, we've just made the decision that the Barf League is not going to redraft or add another league. Uh, okay. so we're just going to roll with, uh, whatever we got. And there, there's some oh. pretty big stakes in that Barf League. I don't know if you've heard about this. Uh, but, uh, Matt, Matt, no, Matt, do tell. yeah, Matthew Davis at Matty Wood on, on Twitter, uh, definitely a, a great guy in the industry, a uh, really smart guy uh, that you should be following. Uh, he made the I'm comment. Be speaking with him. Oh, yeah? Uh, on on Vlad's show. Sorry to interrupt. I just want to say before you get into what Matt said, going to be with on Vlad's my first quote unquote meeting him. We were supposed to meet up at the main event this year and hang out, but of course that didn't happen. So, yeah, I'll be talking with Matt. So, give us the details here on, uh, on the Barf League. Yeah, so Matt Matt is a trash talker, 80 grade trash talker, uh, and uh, he made the comment a few weeks ago that if I beat him in the Barf League, he will get a Justin Mason tattoo on his ass. Oh my God, are you serious? Yes, and so he very much wanted to redraft <laughs> to account for this oh, smaller oh, sample. Uh, but I said I told you know I told the the group you know it needed to be a unanimous decision to redraft. Um, or to have a, a second league, uh, and uh, enough people have said uh, that they, they do not want to redraft or, or have a second league. Uh, so we're just mm -hmm. rolling with what we got. So uh, I know that's a league where I lost Severino, um, so he's got a little bit of an advantage there. I, I don't know who's on his team, but uh, m very much looking forward to uh, getting a Justin Mason uh, caricature uh, tattooed on uh, Matt Davis's ass. That's amazing. I love that. All right. 
Oh, last thing. Um, speaking of le- leagues, we talked about some of the NFBC stuff. TGFBI staying as is. Yes, yes TGFBI staying as is. I will send out an email to all the competitors and the satellite leagues uh, staying as is. Uh, obviously, uh, NFBC will uh, change the uh, innings uh, limit. I believe it's going to be 300 innings pitched is uh, what I saw. Uh, so, uh, but, uh, gonna have fab, uh, the, the weekend before, uh, the start of the season, the first fab run, uh, so people can replace their Noah Syndergaards and Chris Sales and things like that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's going to proceed as normal and, uh, I'm really looking forward to getting that asterisk, uh, trophy. Hey, the money still spends the same, baby. Yeah, all that money from TGFBI. <laughs> oh yeah that's true it's a free league uh, I, I just met i just met some of the other leagues that, that mm-hmm. have asterisk but yeah tgfbi is still going as is my team's gonna dominate don't worry about it all right justin we'll be back next tuesday talking pitching have a good weekend peace take it easy <laughs>